Well, good evening. I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. We are so glad to have you here on a Wednesday. Um, I'm excited because I'm in Montana and the flowers were coming up today. Finally, you guys have daffodils in Oregon. I see all your pictures and I get kind of pissed off. And then I looked around and it was 60, oh God, close to 68 degrees here. And my wife and I just, Kathy and I went and took a walk, um, walked downtown, got some coffee, walked back, just kind of slumbering around, you know, itching to get into our new house so we can sit up on the deck and look out. But, you know, in the meantime, we're sitting this Airbnb. So anyway, I digress. Um, we got a great show for you tonight. We got some things we want you to do. We've got a missing man um, who is one of our followers here. Um, his girlfriend wrote me and said, um, Eric watches you and you, and then I remembered him. He and I got into a conversation online and he's missing. And it's kind of a really sad story. It has to do with the war, what happened and um, it's happening in Ukraine. And uh, it's really sad. So you're going to help uh, see if we can find him. We also have a friend of mine who also works with me. Uh, Tim is uh, with Green Theory and he makes stop putting that shit under your arms deodorant. You guys put in that aluminum chlorhydrate and all that other garbage. This is a local product. He makes it in his home. And he also is going to introduce us to one that is really beginning super popular with hunters because it masks your, masks your scent to the, and to the animal world. So we're going to have Tim come on and he's going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, Bill London will be here with news and uh, he's got all kinds of headlines going on. And we have one of Oregon's gubernatorial candidates um, and she's badass. I interviewed her today uh, earlier because she had a meeting tonight. Um, but let me get her name. Hold on real fast. Bridget Barton. And she's from Westland and she's a horse raiser. And this lady knows horses and she knows people. And she knows jackasses too. <laughs> She's awesome. You're going to really like her. Uh, so let's get the show kicked off. Oh, who are our sponsors tonight? Chris Daniel Family Dentistry, where everyone is welcome. Mercury Metal Fabrication, Design and Fabrication. They're one of our sponsors tonight. They do some of the cool stuff. I'm going to show you a little video a little bit later that you can see what they do. I'm, I just wrote them today. I wrote Larry and I said, Larry, can I make a metal shower i need in my house they, they put in those plastic fiberglass shitty showers and i want to put in something different something unusual and open it up so i'm going to work with him and see if i can have a design like a shower with they fabricate it out of metal oh my god it could be so cool like somebody walks in and goes i'm in a totally metal shower and i think it can be done but they're the people who would know so that's why i wrote them and then albert taylor um, Endless Possibilities is our other sponsor tonight, and what they do for people in the disability community is amazing. And uh, if you're looking for a career change, something you want to do that's different, you're tired of your job that makes you go home and you feel horrible about yourself every night, or you have a boss that's an ass, this is a place where you can go and really make a strong difference in someone's life. And people are watching our show, seeing that, and going to work for them. Uh, it's hard work. Um, I will not, we, and they don't mince me, uh, words about that. It's really hard work, but you know what? You go home at the end of the day and you've made a huge difference in someone's life. So let's get on with the show. Here we go. Who puts up with this? That's what I don't understand. Bring the lion out. Bring the, bring the lion. Um, tonight on our show, we're going to have, Hey guys, don't you think it's kind of fun? that you get to comment on the news. Yeah, there's a cost. Oh yeah, there's a cost. People come after you. Like, I think that's why this is so much fun is because... We'll see you at five.
Well, someone reached out to me this morning, um, a close family member of a young man who is missing, uh, disappeared, I think it was about a week, a week and a day ago. Um, in fact, let me show you him real quick. Um, this is who he is. This is Eric Ray Brazil, early thirties, about five foot nine inches tall, 160 pounds, brown eyes, brown, long hair, a tattoo on his right shoulder says Lindy, uh, last seen wearing all black, usually wears a beanie. Uh, like the picture in the middle, possibly driving a Honda 2000 CRV license plate 828KQQ. He disappeared on the 14th. Um, there's a phone number there to contact. Uh, as I said, friends have reached out to me. Apparently, Eric and I have been, we've had conversations before. Um, so this is Jennifer, a next door neighbor and really close friend. And, you know, you hate hearing stuff like this because there's, you know, so many cases I've had on here and they're still missing. And that's what's really got you guys scared, huh? That's the, that's the part that we're having our hardest time wrapping our heads around is that this is actually happening, that we, we cannot find him and that there is no sign of him and that it came out of nowhere. So he hasn't had some problems or things going on, not out of the ordinary, that well, you that would lead to this that you know of. What was going on <clears throat> was when the war started, March 24th, I believe, he was obsessed. He paid attention to every nook and cranny online, because you know he's very prominent online. Um, and became was up all the time thinking of ways and what putin was doing and what was going on and really it almost took over his mind and his time and his thought process so almost obsessed with the whole uh, what's going on in ukraine yes absolutely he so is, out, is, is he a veteran jennifer or no, he's not. This just really struck him and, and it hit something for him. Yes, it struck a chord and he felt that he had some information to share. He reached out to the CIA and the NSA and um, sent his information. He felt that he got a response back but he did not know if it was from good side or the bad side, quote unquote. Right. Um, and he became nervous and paranoid. So he does he he lives next door to you in Eugene. Yes, he's my best friend that next door. Yeah, we see each other every day. So what did has anybody seen his car or anything like that, or he no. just? That's when did you first catch him missing? When did you first know that he was like, did you go over there or what? Oh, no, we were here and it was Monday night. And he said we needed to leave Monday night, the 14th, right then and there, because there was going to be bombs and we were going to be attacked. And so, he is not in his right frame of mind, obviously. Yeah, so he's gone. And, and you obviously you reported to the police. What do they say? They say that we're, you know, connected with the whole state of Oregon, 
so that if they run his name or the license plate of the car, that it will come up, the police report will come up and they will know he is a missing person and that the car is missing. And the car is a white Honda CRV. So we're really hoping that that white Honda will get us started or let us know the area to get to begin. So is this also really always has his beanie on. So we're counting on that not having changed. So the picture in the middle or on the far right um, is how, yes. how most people are going to see him. Yes. What is, is it, is it kind of scary to you that, um, that he got so obsessed so quickly with this and while, while we're all nervous and concerned that it just how, is that not like his personality to just jump on something like that? He does absolutely, he is a very smart man. So he is a debater, he a researcher, he does all of his reading. So he will follow subjects and educate himself to the fullest on any subject that he's interested in. When this war started, it was, he was obsessed, uh, uh, he became obsessed with it. So at this point, um, he's been gone over a week and, gone um, over a week. and you guys just don't know what to do at this point. There, he has a card a credit card that he has not touched. He had barely any gas to even get out of town, which he said he needed to get away and out of town, but he didn't have enough gas. He's a smoker. He smokes cigarettes. Um, he is not, and he thought, said he was going to stay at a hotel. He has not used the credit card one time at all. There has been no sighting of his car. His phone is turned off. We can't GPS it because of it being turned off. Right. So there is absolutely no contact at all, zero, since Monday night, the 14th. Well, and Jennifer this is from a man who was at work the day before doing his job. So again, you guys, here's the picture of Eric Brazil. Um, and if you have see him around or you know anything about this, um, please notify uh, the 541-514-6946. Um, Ashley is his girlfriend. Am I saying that? Is that right? Yeah. Okay. All right. I don't want to put him as a couple if that's not the case. Ashley is his yeah. girlfriend and she and I have been talking today. She just doesn't want to be on here because it's just too hard. Um, it's hard enough for Jennifer and um, it's you guys. hard enough to function daily. Yeah. Well, I really hope you guys find him and I hope this helps. And when you get to when this airs, just take it and throw it out there to people and let them see it and know more about what's going on. Okay. In fact, you know what I'll do? I'll make you a copy of just this interview section and send it to you guys so you can stick it on your facebook page um that way is that would that work for you we would really appreciate that thank yeah. you so right. much
you're welcome. I can do that and I'll get that done. And thank you for, um, you know, getting his word, the message out there. We'll see what we can do. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. You know, hey, Ashley, I know you're in the background. I'm sorry, hon. We'll get, we'll figure out something. We'll get this thing I really appreciate it. Honey, you're welcome. All right. We'll talk to you later. All right. All right. So again, um, here's the young man, Eric Ray Brazil. And if you guys see him or know anything about it, you've seen him in the grocery store, seen him anywhere, um, please notify the family. They're super, super concerned and they're very, very worried. <clears throat> yeah. Breaks your heart. <clears throat> Yeah. So if you have any information, please uh, and keep your eye out for him. Okay. That'd be really super helpful. Um, our next guest is uh, this show is Mercury Metal. They are high tech. They do big jobs for the company. They're also starting to do stuff for smaller people like you and me. We're, we're little guys. But they can do stuff. If you want to work in your kitchen, you want to do something in your kitchen, you want to do something in your bathroom. And the nice thing is, for a friend, but they also help you find the idea of what I was saying. I just kind of, can I do a shower? What is that entail? And you might be back and help me figure out what it is that I want to do and how I can do it. So you need to get a hold of them and they'll do everything. Your logo, they can put it in metal. So you can hang it on your wall or put it in your office or something like that. It is really, really cool. And Gary's on here going, can you share the flyer so we can share it out? Well, it's there is a page and we'll get that to you. You love the video. Yeah, they are like the greatest people. Um, Mercury Metal does a great, great job. Too loud to hear me. I know it kind of comes in, but I still have to talk. I'm not going to stop talking just because you can't hear me. <laughs> so I got the chance to sit down with uh, a woman um, today, and she is Bridget Barton, is running for governor here in Oregon. And um, we just had a really good conversation. I've never met her before. I looked up a little bit of information so I could be halfway intelligent. And uh, But I think you're going to really like her, so let's check her out. Bill London will be up in a little bit, and also um, we're going to show you how to keep your pits from stinking and not killing yourself with all these bad chemicals. That's all coming up in just a few minutes. But here's our interview today. We're trying to keep you guys as informed as we can on who's running for governor. We've had a number of people and we're gonna have somebody tomorrow because, um, and I think Bridget could probably maybe talk about this too, is um, now KETU in Portland is deciding who gets to be in the debates. And um, <laughs> so, so now we have the media, which has always been like that and we all know it. But now the media is deciding who has value based on price. But actually, I think that actually comes from the Republican Party too. But anyway, our, our guest tonight, Bridget Barton, and she is running not to be governor, but to do the job. I love that on your website. I think that's really a great thing. Bridget, welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. And you can be as real as you want here. Thank uh, you. I will be. <laughs> I'll take you up on that. So first of all, where are you from? Well, so first of all, I'm Bridget Barton. I am from Westland, and I have lived there for the last 43 years, actually. Uh, I, it's kind of funny. I've, I moved out there, and I the first time, the first place I stayed, I was a rental home. You know, I just kind of kept moving down the same road in Westland <laughs> until we finally, my husband and I built a house there, and we raised our family there. Now you, you're like a horse lady too, right? I'm definitely a horse lady. I've been a horse, horse horse crazy since I was a kid. And um, I do competitive horse uh, jump. I'm a, I do hunter jumpers. 
but I just love horses in general. And when we're getting ready to put the kids through college, uh, I decided that I would teach myself to how to break horses to make some extra money. So I, I did that and um, would I'd go out and buy a horse for like $1,000, a young horse. I'd break it, I'd train it, I'd teach it to jump and I'd sell it for right. eight to 10,000. I called myself, I wasn't a house flipper, I was a horse flipper. <laughs> well, you're the real deal. And what I, you know what I love about horses is that they read you. And if, and if you're good at, if you're good at understanding horses to me, I think you're really good at understanding people because you know, because of, except for the fact that horses are always honest. <laughs> yes, they are. They're very straightforward. And, you know, one of the main things I've talked about um, on the campaign trail and it, you know, and this relates to the uh, homeless issue that we've all been dealing with for the past 30 years and getting worse and worse. And I say that what we're doing is is not compassionate. What we're doing is enabling these people who commit slow suicide. And it, the horse training mantra that I use applies. And it is that you, in, you make the right thing easy and you make the wrong thing difficult. And it's a, it's just, it can be as simple as that. I mean, that works for things like taxation, and, you know, taking care of the homeless population. And it works for raising kids and it works for training horses. <laughs> okay, say it one more time. Say it one more time so people get it. I really like that. You make the right thing easy and you make the wrong thing difficult. Right. And, and you just, just keep at it. And we're doing the exact opposite in Oregon. We are. We are, just, in fact, we are enabling the um, people that have substance abuse problems and um, alcohol problems. We are enabling them by making that so much easier to just keep going down that path of addiction over and over again. So, is, yeah, is that, and people, you say it in the name of compassion. And is that is it compassion to allow people to live on the streets of Oregon like that? In this it is situation? not. No. And you know, and I say that I've I've been in recovery for forty years from alcoholism. So I say that from a place of actual experience. Uh, I was 14 when I started drinking. I didn't stop until I was 28. And I was a chronic alcoholic and I was very close to being on the streets. So, uh, you know, I really, when I see homeless people on the street, I really relate. And I know what we're doing is allowing them to commit slow suicide. You're, wrong. You're big, Absolutely you're wrong. You're big on education and school yeah. choice, right? Yes. Uh -huh. I've started actually in my career. The, the first thing that drew my interest into sort of this policy arena at all in Oregon was charter schools when they were just an idea uh, coming out of University of Minnesota. And I latched onto that. My kids were five and seven at the time and our schools were already declined. And so I just, I grabbed onto that idea and I thought we could do this. This could be a foot in the door for school reform. And uh, I stuck with it through the whole uh, decade of the nineties until they became law. It took almost a decade. That's why I, I say I'm relentless, relentlessly optimistic. I am. I am. If, I, if I'm going to get something done, I will get it done. Even if it took, in that case, it took me a decade. Now, have you ever run for public office before? You know, I did run in, the, in 1992, which was the Perot year, and 96 for the state legislature. So it's like 30 years ago. I was a, a youngster. I was pretty naive. I didn't really understand the process. I just kind of jumped in. I, you see people do that. It's, I know, honestly, I, I admire that. I think it's a good thing for uh, people to do when they're young. It's just go ahead and try, jump in. But you do find out quickly that you you know there's a lot involved in being in public office. And I spent the next 30 years of my life uh, working um, 
on public policy and writing, editing, publishing, uh, being a being a spokesperson in the media up here in the metro area uh, for rural uh, and blue collar communities around the state. You know, speaking up for the resource issues and and it has been very very um, gratifying to be able to do that. I just at this point, it's the perfect timing, the perfect cycle for me to get in and use that 30 years of experience that I have and and lead the state. And, and as I say, I'm come, I come in as an outsider. I'm an outsider. I haven't held political office. I'm not a politician. And in the long run, I think it's a good thing that I didn't win either of those races because the ideological partisan battles, those that doesn't interest me very much. What interests me is getting things done, solving problems, coming up with really creative solutions for problems. And here we are at a point in Oregon where that is exactly what must happen or this state is just hanging on a, at a, at a precipice right now. You know, Bridget, uh, what are you tired of in Oregon? What are you tired of? Just, I mean, just like sick. You know, my mother used to say, I am sick and tired. That's a, that is not just tired. It is sick and tired. What are you sick and tired of in Oregon? That is such a mom thing to say, isn't it? I am sick and tired. I am sick and tired of half the state not having any voice, right. no voice at all. There's no negotiating. There's no compromise for the past. You know, I would say for the past four years, we've been going into decline, but it's really when we just went to being a complete one party state, completely dominated by uh, urban hard left progressives that everyone, I would say, uh, you know, I'm not alone anymore. I'm sick and tired. Everyone in the state is sick and tired of not feeling that people's voices are being adequately represented or heard and not even listened to. And, and we've gotten so out of balance. And now it's just this ideological partisan bickering and no one tries to solve any problems. Well, I will. Uh, that is my goal is to get in there and solve problems, ignore the partisan bickering and just get down to these kitchen table issues that, and crime is one of the big ones, you know, it, it, they have to be resolved. What would you do? I can already tell that you're, you know, and I mean this as a complimentary. You're badass. I mean, yeah, I'm a badass. You know what I mean? <laughs> I you're badass. badass. And so, what would you do to stop what's going on in Portland and Eugene, and crime-wise? I mean, what, 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 what would you want to do? Well, the first thing, of course, is is just basic support for law enforcement at at a you know at a at a vision level, at a funding level, and and just you know basic support level law enforcement we've got to get back to that we've veered away from that pretty hard and that's at the police the sheriffs the state police the district attorney's offices that even the prisons i mean we we've really gone off the beam there but i think one of the most key actual moves that i would make and it's, this is a really important one and it has to do with my experience in substance abuse too substance abuse crime and homelessness are intertwined. And when I've talked to sheriffs and police around the state, they all agree, intertwined. So to get at that, the base of that, that substance abuse problem, we need to refer and repeal ballot measure 110, which legalized hard drugs like fentanyl and methamphetamine and heroin. And uh, law enforcement, almost to a person agrees, this is probably the biggest mistake that Oregonians ever made. I mean, we could we all make mistakes, and our state made a big one there. 
and it needs to be referred and repealed. And I would gather it as governor in that first year in office, I would gather the forces of law enforcement, the treatment community, uh, and parent groups around the state to come together to push for that repeal and to get that measure repealed. If we don't do it, the law enforcement community will tell you our state is doomed. It is, it is the cause of the crime rise and it is the cause of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of overdose deaths we've had. And that includes these kids, which it's getting worse with uh, drugs being laced with fentanyl that people are unaware that, that they are, and then they die abruptly of overdoses. It's, it's at the base of a lot of our problems. And I don't think a lot of people realize it, but I, I think if they stop to think, when did this crime rate start spiking? Oh, that's right. It started spiking first when we ignored our homeless problem and our substance abuse problem, and then when we legalized hard drugs. And you probably know, Rick, uh, but I don't know how many people watching, we're number one in the country in substance abuse rate per capita. Number one. And we're number 50 in treatment beds per capita. We're the worst in the country after all the money we've spent supposedly helping the homeless. Yeah, you know, I live in, in Montana now, and it's funny, I had a lady come up to me just two days ago and say, is it true that Oregon legalized the use of heroin, small amounts of heroin and drugs and stuff? And mm -hmm. I said, yes, and she goes, oh my God, what are they thinking? And I said, that's what I've been saying for the last two years. What are people thinking? So you think the time is right to, to give me your last spiel um, on just in terms of why somebody uh, would pick Bridget Barton over anybody else in the on the ticket for the primary? Well, I think they should choose me uh, for two reasons. Number one, because I'm an outsider. I have nothing to lose here. I'm not building a political career. I genuinely want to see Oregon get out of this 40-year decline. I, I truly want to solve these problems. Crime, homelessness, our terrible education results. And, you know, the way we've ignored the voices of so many Oregonians. But the second reason is because given the cycle that we're in, as an outsider, as someone who is laser focused on the problems, I by far have the best opportunity to beat the two Democrats in the general election. I will hold them accountable for the chaos and the mess that they've created in terms of these problems, not in terms of political partisanship. And, and I'll win the general election. That's why they need to vote for me in the primary. We have to put through the right candidate on the top of the Republican ticket so that we can take advantage of this incredible red wave that is coming across the country. All right. Oh, and one little thing I wanted to help help you uh, uh, with here. You mentioned the KATU debates. Due to pressure from the can the can lower tier candidates that weren't invited, KATU has actually canceled both the Democrat and the Republican debates. Wow. So there will be none. So you're providing a real service to people because they're, they're not going to see the candidates on TV. They're going to have to do their homework. Well, you know what, Bridget, is, who in the hell watches the news anymore anyway? <laughs> <laughs> Probably more people are watching you by far. <laughs> hey, Bridget, it was really nice having you on. And good luck. And uh, when you get through the primary, uh, we're just being positive here, right? So when you get through the primary, come back and we'll get you on after that so you can take that general election and we'll move you through. And please, everybody go to BridgetBartonForOregon.com or uh, follow me on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. All right. Thanks Thank for you. being here. Thank oh, you. you're very welcome. We'll see you later.
Well, there you go, guys. That's it is up to you and you have to make the choices. And You've got to go check out your candidates. Good night. Come on. Don't just vote party line. You have to. You know, if you have a bumper sticker that says I vote Democrat or I vote Republican, what that says to me is I'm ignorant. I don't do my homework. I just vote for whoever I feel comfortable with. You need to go do your homework. Have you seen what happened to the state the last two years? That's because people voted party rather than doing their homework. And Kate Brown just sailed in there and people, people kept pushing her in because she's the Democrat. You cannot do that anymore. We can't have that. Or that's what, again, I'm talking like I live in Oregon. I still give a damn about Oregon. And I hope you guys, I'm going to scream at that. You're going to hear me all the way from Montana. If you guys do the right thing in this election, <laughs> I can scream that loud. I'll be so excited for you. All right. That's it for now. We'll be back in a minute. Who, who is that guy? You know, I kind of like him. He kind of grows on me. At first I thought, you know, God, that hair, what kind of former TV guy, what a flake. But then he starts talking like that. I, I kind of like him. I, maybe he'll run for governor in Montana. You never know, do you? Start that little rumor going. Hey, call Eugene Weekly and tell him you heard Rick Dancer's going to run for governor in three years in Montana. Go do it. Go, go do it. That'd be really fun. Here's another radical guy that I really love a lot. This is Dr. Michael Brown from Cristiano. Too many good people are leaving Oregon. Why? Because people like you and I have sat back for years and allowed these radicals to slowly take control. They have infiltrated every aspect of our lives, from school board members to governor. Well, I say this stops now. Let's take back Oregon. Stop talking about change, actually do it. Why? Because if you are like me, I love Oregon and I'm not leaving. Well, there you go, Bratlin. You put that message out. So another person on the show tonight that I really love is our next guest who, um, keeps our pits from stinking. Nobody wants to smell. You know what I mean? You remember that, Tim? It's like nobody wants to stink. And yet I, you, when you read the label on a normal, regular deodorant, there's like words that are like this long. And if I can't say it, I sure as heck don't want it on my body after having cancer, you know? Exactly. <laughs> particular about what I put in my body. Who, who wants to wear that stuff? No. So tell people how this started for you. So it started in a really in a really short condensed version um, where I just I did I like you're talking about I got sick of of throwing a bunch of chemical chemicals on myself I'm I'm the type of person that uh, I like to to make as many of my own things as I can and uh, came across the idea of people making their own deodorant and uh, tried it out worked really well my friends loved it. Uh, and uh, that kind of spawned into what we have now is green theory. And so, you know, it's it deodorant and uh, hairstyling clay. And uh, just a few weeks ago, I released um, the lip balm as well. So this is all you make it all yourself yep. and in your home. Yep. And and you're getting in, you're in like market of choice. You're in some you're all over the state and you're in some pretty great places uh, right now. Yeah, and uh, and definitely some more on the way. Like you said, all all eleven market of choice stores uh, in the state, and then um, and then seven other stores in the uh, Eugene area. So, what do you make it? So it's beeswax, and what what's what's in it that people would recognize? Well, everything. That's yeah. and, and that's exactly the point, right? You know, and so like the de the deodorant is is beeswax, coconut oil, cocoa butter, shea butter, 
essential oils, um, probiotic powder, bentonite clay, and uh, vitamin E oil and, and baking soda. That's it. So you tell them about your other product, that, that the one that hides the scent from for hunters, because I know hunters are really liking this stuff. And yeah, actually, hunter, uh, you get this right. So yeah, so I'm I'm a hunter, and uh, so I have a, an entire line that are that are made just of tree scents. So it's essential oils from uh, wood or, or or needles. So I have pine, fir, cedar, and juniper. And then I have an unscented one as well. So um, if if one of those trees didn't work, then then you'd have that as an option too, you know. And so um, yeah, actually it has it has gained some popularity. I actually am shipping out a fairly large order this week to uh, to a hunting subscription box, um, and so that'll get out to them next month. So how does that? Is it just the scent of the pine that covers the human or that kind of thing? How does that work? Well, I, I think the, 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 the most important consideration that, that you, as a, let's, as a hunter, you have to take into consideration is, is the fact that like, let's just use deer, for example, their sense of smell is like 270 times greater than that of a human, you know? And so I'm not saying that this is like the only thing that you need to do. A lot of hunters go out and they they spray themselves down with with like a, a scent killer and whatnot. But the thing is, is you as you're hiking through the woods or even if you're going to a tree stand and climbing up there, like you're producing body heat and body odor. And if that's like pushing up through your clothes and you don't think that's something that has a 270 times greater smell than than you do is going to pick that up from a distance you're you're fooling yourself so tim's offering a deal to anybody watching the show or anybody who sees this um yeah it's green theory go green and you get the discount code is go gt green theory rick dancer all capitals and you'll get 15 percent off what you buy so um, right and, and uh, there's hair hair product yeah um, so hair clay right here and then, like I said, we just released um, uh, the lip balm. And actually, um, you can get these right now uh, for a, just a dollar. Um, I'm doing like a promo because it's this first month since I've released them. So they're, they're just a dollar that you don't even, even need a discount code for that. And then, like I said, we have, we have deodorant. This is obviously the fur for, for the, the tree scents. We have daily wear scents that are, that are all 100% pure essential oils. And that's how they're scented. And then, um, then we have a different line that, that are scented like um, perfumes and colognes. And Tim, you know what? I think it lasts longer. I know it lasts longer. I still am using the same one. When I, I'm coming back at the end of April, yeah, uh, back to Oregon for a week. So I need that. And you know what I really yeah. need now? Because now I'm in the dry climate. I've never in my life used lip balm. There now, you go. Complaining, my lips are chapping because it's so dry here. And yes. Says, you need that. You need Tim's lip balm. And I go, I know. And now I yeah. Need I never used uh, it before. The the this will be the 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 last lip balm that you will buy. I, I designed it to be one. Of, okay, so one of the things you should know about lip balm is most of the companies they use like petrolatum in them, and it's, so it's an oil derived thing, and it, and it creates a dependence in in on your lips. And so the more you use it, the more you need to use it uh, because it dries it out, and uh -huh. so. So it's like, why, why, again, why would we put this stuff on our body, you know, or like in our mouth in some way? Right. 
And it, it, like I said, you're creating like a petroleum dependence. So these, this is, it is completely formulated. It's like you use it once a day. It keeps your lips in great shape. It goes on smooth as compared to a lot of the uh, other natural uh, lip balms out there. I won't, I won't name names, but uh, yeah, I, yeah, it's, it's never, pretty you, awesome. You never mentioned the competition. When Why I, would I do that? When I ran for office, and, and I remember when I was a news guy, uh, Tim, because I, I was an anchor, and I'd go to a story, and somebody would go, they were talking about another anchor in town, and they'd say, oh, yeah, your competition was here. And so I used to go, oh, was Dan Rather and Eugene? And people <laughs> yeah. just look at you like, what? <laughs> like, you have competition? Competition. Really? What? Dan No. Rather. Hey, Timmy, thank you for being here. Thanks for showing that. And you guys, go on there, look at greentheory.com. Go, go Green Theory. Got to yep. have the go in front of it. And then put the GT Rick Dancer, all capitals, 15% off. All right, Tim, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Rick. All right, good luck Monday. Talk to you later. Okay, Thanks. bye. All right, now it's time for a little Bill London and your news. Do you notice our show's getting longer? Because we have a lot of content, a lot of content. From the News Radio, 1120 AM, 93.7 FM, KPNW Studios, I'm Bill London, freshly coiffed. And here's a look at some of the stories we're following. I told you a couple of days ago about a recall in Yamhill County, and Tuesday was recall day against a conservative Yamhill County commissioner. And at this point, it appears headed to defeat Lindsay Bershauer, will likely keep her chair, as no votes against the recall are leading 52 to 48 percent. A number of progressive union-funded PACs have been trying to oust conservatives from a number of positions in Yamhill County to date, and they failed. The last was against two school board members in Newburgh and the vote was almost exactly the same. 52% against, 48% in favor. Bershauer drew the ire of environmentalists when she voted against what was called the Yamhelis West Cider Trail. Bershauer argued it would have infringed on farmers' land rights and opened up potential transit towards Portland. Hundreds of thousands of low-income Oregonians are going to continue to receive extra food aid for at least the next two months, according to the State Department of Human Services. The extra aid through the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, also known as SNAP, increases the monthly allotment per household by 60% to more than $460. There's about 378,000 households, which would encompass about 663,000 100,000 individuals in Oregon that receive SNAP benefits. A majority qualify for the emergency allotments, according to the Human Services Department here in Oregon. The emergency aid is tied to the federal health emergency, which has been renewed every three months since late January. It's due to expire in April, but according to Oregon officials, they've been told by the feds it's likely going to be renewed for another three months after that. I don't know if this is an endorsement I'd want or not. So Tobias Reed, state treasurer, is running for governor, and he got an endorsement from former Governor John Kitzhaber. Yeah, that John Kitzhaber. The Democratic state treasurer, according to Kitzhaber, will be able to lead the state, quote, unfettered by the status quo. Kitzhaber joins another former Democratic governor, Betsy or Barbara Roberts, in endorsing Reed. The other major candidate in the Democratic primary, of course, is former House Speaker Tina Kotek, 
a.k.a. Governor Brown 2.0. And she has secured endorsements from most of the labor unions. As the saying goes, follow the money. Kitzhaber is Oregon's longest-serving governor, elected to office four times, but he resigned in February of 2015, a month into his fourth term, because his fiancée, also known as the First Lady of Oregon, was using her position to obtain consulting work. That said, Kitzhaber said of Reed, what Oregon lacks today is a vision of where we want our state to be a decade from now, the steps it'll take to get there, and an honest conversation about the difficult choices involved with securing that future. And Kitzhaber says he believes Reed has the qualities to do that. By the way, Registered Democrats will see 17 names on their May primary ballot. But political analysts are saying the race really comes down to Kotek and Reed. And the question is, why isn't anybody talking about these other candidates? Could there be somebody in there that actually would be maybe a better choice than Reed or Kotek? We may never know. The Oregon Supreme Court rejected a last-ditch effort to have voters decide whether to limit campaign contributions for folks running for public office. Proponents of three proposed ballot measures had sought the court's intervention to be sure that the measures got before voters in November. Secretary of State Shamia Fagan last month rejected the ballot measures that would limit how much money individuals, unions, and political action committees could give to candidates or political action committees. It would also create a new public funding system and require that all political advertisements include disclaimers about specifically who paid for them. Now, Fagan said the measures didn't meet a technical requirement, ruling that petitioners include the full text of the state law they seek to change. They could have refiled their positions and restarted the process of getting on the ballot, but instead they asked the Supreme Court to overrule Fagan. And that didn't happen. In a five-page opinion, the court wrote that, quote, the petitioner's supporters could have avoided any trouble by starting earlier. I was able to do that in one sentence. I need five page, five pages, unless it's really super big print. Spring is here. Yes, spring is here. And that means a deadline is coming up. It'll be next Thursday, March 31st. And that is the day you have to take off your studded snow tires. ODOT wants you to take them off sooner. That said, if you don't take them off and have them off by April 1st and you're caught with them, you could get a nice hefty fine. Well, this is sort of different and it kind of led me down a rabbit hole. So here's the story. There's a new diagnosis that has been added to the latest edition of the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. It is known as the DSM, and it's a catalog of psychological conditions used by clinicians to diagnose patients, and it is really the standard classification of mental disorders among psychiatrists and psychologists here in the United States and Canada. The new condition is called prolonged grief disorder. And they say, or at least the DSM does, that is characterized by incapacitating feelings of grief. Prolonged grief disorder happens when a person loses someone close to them within at least six months for children and adolescents or within at least 12 months for adults. And this is the part of it that really struck me. One of the other signs, when a person's bereavement 
lasts longer than social norms. What does that actually mean? You're diagnosing something using social norms? What what are the social norms? What what is the time limit on social norms? Uh, in case you're wondering, the DSM really doesn't say. Uh, apparently, what it can cause, though, is uh, problems functioning in important aspects of the person's life, along with identity disruption and a marked sense of disbelief about the death. That, according to the American Psychological Association president, Dr. Vivian Penders, she says the circumstances in which we are living with more than 675,000 deaths due to COVID may make prolonged grief disorder more prevalent. This was something else that was interesting that was said. The inclusion of prolonged grief disorder into the DSM means that clinicians can now bill insurance companies for treating people with it. Now that got me thinking, what are some other things that are in the DSM that you would think is, well, odd? So I found some. Apparently we now have, according to the latest DSM, tobacco use disorder, which can now be billed to insurance. Caffeine use disorder, and there's actually five and a half pages about that. Housing problems. Housing problems could be considered a mental disorder. And how would housing problems be defined? Discord with a neighbor, a lodger, or a landlord. There's also something called froteristic disorder, which is a paraphilia where apparently somebody rubs up against a stranger and then I guess somehow manages not to get their teeth knocked in for it. And what's interesting here is when you consider that over 90% of Americans drink caffeinated beverages daily, if that is a mental disorder, then 90% of the populace could go get treated for it and their insurance would be charged. It really makes you wonder, are we just creating disorders so that clinicians can get paid? All right, that's a look at the news. Rick, get really raw. Get really, really raw. Get raggedly raw, Rick. <laughs> All right, Bill. This is kind of funny. I wrote a little comment on there. Isn't it interesting how things that many of us would actually consider mental illnesses now are no longer considered mental illnesses, but things that nobody would really consider mental illnesses now in Oregon are considered mental illnesses. It's like, what the? I mean, come on. That is so stupid. <laughs> Who is running the show? You know, unfortunately, I think we know. Um, okay, tomorrow night, Mark Thielson, another candidate for governor, is coming on. Um, he's talking a little bit about what K2 now did and changed, but we're still going to have him on and talk with him a little bit. He's another candidate for governor, but um, he had um, he was one who specificically was pushed out and he, but he has, still has a really good story about the Republican party and how screwed up the leadership was and when dealing with him and trying to get him not to be in there. So we still got juice, even though we're not that KT, the thing is gone now. <laughs> we still have juice for you with the Republican party. Cause again, they're making more mistakes right before an election when they're supposed to be a red tide. <laughs> Unfortunately, 
you know, when you get them involved, it can be a red tidal bowl <laughs> or tidy bowl. You guys are just copping, commenting like crazy here. Uh, prolonged grief disorder was about trying to pay you on your home. I have prolonged grief disorder because <laughs> I wasted two years of my life <laughs> pretending like I was having to wear a mask. <laughs> so now I have a mental illness and that's why I'm laughing about it. I know. I should just take this also much more seriously. Hey, I think my son's here. So that means it's probably time to go sit outside in the Montana sunshine as it's going down and have a beer. I hope you guys have a good night. I'm an hour ahead of you. Um, but, 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 but socially I'm way behind you <laughs> because I do Rick dancer, Eugene weekly headline, Rick dancer has a social disorder. <laughs> I'm having too much fun with this. I will see you, uh, tomorrow night. We also have, um, what else is going on tomorrow night? Oh, um, I can't tell you. You'll have to tune in. I'm not telling you. Go, leave.